Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Pachop, here with the only two twins that have arms wide open under the sun. Yo, not for nothing. What's, what's that? Under, under the sun. I wanna check you there <laughs> with arms wide open. Yo, not Dude, for nothing. I killed it. With Nickelback and Creed. <laughs> because that's how we're doing it out here. Uh, we're start- I saw you in the parking lot. That's how I know you. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's from the office. Uh, we're in the, the middle of a meeting, lot. and Creed just goes to the woman. I saw you in the parking lot. <laughs> that's how I know oh, you. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. I got to get back on the office, man. This really I'm telling do. you, when, when football season is on, it's grind time, man, and I just fucking grind all day the mondays mondays i do the the review show and then tuesdays is the wrap-up which by the way if you haven't seen the wrap-up yet go check that out at brodo fantasy on instagram and brodo um put a lot of work into that that shit that shit takes me forever that shit um, fuego yeah so uh before we get started we just want to thank our shout out i mean i thank our shout out <laughs> shout out and thank our sponsors uh red cup news follow them at red cup news on instagram and also thrive fantasy in the thrive fantasy app put in the proto code broto that's b-r-o-t-o the promo code broto that's b-r-o-t-o the name you know to love. get ten dollars free with your first deposit of ten dollars or more let's get right into these games because we got a lot to cover we got nine more games on the docket um let's go over them first the cardinals at the Bengals. two of the most sorry suckers uh, that we have on, on <laughs> in the league. Um, two teams with no wins, although Arizona does have a tie. Um, obviously, someone's going to have to get a win here unless they tie. Then, you know, that that, that won't happen. Um, Cincinnati is the home team here, so let's start with the home team. Um, unfortunately, John Ross, who a lot of people paid up a lot for, the injury bug that has been bothering him his entire career Rears his ugly head again. He hit the IR with a shoulder injury. He's going to be out at least eight weeks. Um, that does not bode well for the offense, particularly Tyler Boyd, who you figure is going to get more targets now. But he was getting peppered with a lot of targets. And last year when A.J. Green went down, he played worse. So I think that Tyler Boyd has shown the ability to be good, but he has not shown the ability to be a number one receiver at all. So now when teams are going to lock on Tyler Boyd a little bit more, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he can succeed in that situation. Um, But in this situation against Arizona, I do like Boyd this week. Michael, what do you think? Love me some Tyler Boyd this week, man. We've been saying it every week with Arizona. It's kind of like a broken record at this point. But they run so many plays and they work so fast that their opposing team just automatically gets a boost for fantasy purposes. And that works in the favor of Tyler Boyd now that John Ross has been put on IR. It's the Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate show. I have Tyler Boyd as my wide receiver 15. Wouldn't even be surprised if he ends better than that. He has not had that breakout week yet. This is as good a week as ever to do it. He has had double-digit fantasy points three of five weeks. So as though, Although he has not found the end zone, he's still been pretty productive last week was just an all-around terrible game against Pitt for the Bengals so I do think they bounce back a bit here against Arizona 
Jason, uh, how do you feel about Boyd and the other pass catching options? You have Tate and Willis, who are now going to be on the field all the time. Do you see any upside for these two guys as well as Boyd? I am digging me some Auden Tate. I have him at wide receiver 32. Oh, I'd wow. rather take a shot on him against Arizona than I would, uh, let's see. Corey Davis. Sterling Shepard against Minnesota. Of course, Corey Davis, Allen Robinson. These are guys I have Tate um, ranked over right now. He has two games in a row where he's caught at least four balls, at least 50 yards. He got 10 and 7 half PPR points. Not blowing the world away, but it's something. With John, John Ross. Ross is, with John Ross on the field. Yep. And now with John Ross's 10 targets gone, we're looking at someone who's likely to have at least five catches, at least 50 yards. Maybe find the end zone. Arizona's not the best defense. Give me Alden Tate as a wide receiver three this week. I got him at wide receiver 40. So Someone I definitely want this week is Tyler Eifert because when you're talking about a situation when you're playing the Arizona Cardinals, you play your tight ends. Last week, there was a, a, a report that Buda Baker was going to be playing tight ends one-on-one now so that they could help guard against the tight end and Will Disley put up 16 half PPR points on them. Um, they've been getting torched by the tight end. Usually, we would not tell you to play Tyler Eifert, but I think this is a perfect streaming week to stream Tyler Eifert in. What do you think, Mike? It's Tyler Eifert week. Simple as that. I mean, it's... Oh, God. What I is keep dropping wrong with you, I'm bro. a mess today. Is, it, it, we, he dropped the mic when we were in between the two episodes, too, I, where all those people who couldn't hear that. I was I paused for a second because I was like, do I want to speak this much about Tyler Eifert? Because I spoke <laughs> about him a lot on the Patreon waiver show. I, I want to keep that exclusive, you know? Well, give us a little taste. <laughs> but now that waivers are over, Tyler Eifert going against Arizona. If he's not going to have a big game this season, so be it. But if he is going to have one big game this season, it's going to be this week against Arizona against by far the worst defense against tight ends. Like, they're giving up, I think it was over 10 points uh, compared to the average output for teams against a tight end position. So they've been an absolute mess against tight ends. He had a touchdown reception in his hands last week. Got uh it got pulled out at the last seconds. He couldn't nah, he on. dropped it. Uh he dropped he it. Pulled out, he dropped it. He dropped it. He dropped it. Sure, sure, fine, fine. But that could happen again this week and if he holds on, it's a touchdown for you there. I mean I have him at twelve. So again I don't want to start Tyler Eifert, but this week, if you're really struggling he he's not a terrible option. Jason, what do you think? One thing, that, one thing to to note though, Patrick Peterson um, should be back for this game, if I'm not mistaken. He oh no no he's on a six game suspension. Scratch that. He's not back from this game. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like uh yeah yeah yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, six games is so rare. You usually, just see four games or eight. And six games is kind of out there. So that's why I got confused. But scratch that. No, he's not. Jason, you're up. I didn't want to be the guy that says start Tyler Eifert. Um, I don't want to be that guy. I don't think it's the best idea. But with the tight ends that are in the world right now, I have him at number nine. I mean, because Greg Olson's having has a tough matchup against Jacksonville, and he didn't show up last week. Delaney Walker, a tough matchup against Buffalo. And then we got Ebron, original Jabroni, Jimmy Graham, Jason Witten. These aren't names that pop out to you. So... Take the shot on Tyler Eifert. Why not? Three of the four games, he has at least five targets, and five targets can do some good against Arizona. Fair enough. Um, all right. Let's talk about the running backs and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, um, pretty good streamer this week. 
I think that I would like to have Andy Dalton. One of the things that Michael said um, in the preseason that has stood true is that when you face the Arizona Cardinals and all they do is throw, your offense is going to have more snaps. And when your offense has more snaps, the quarterback has more chances to throw and score fantasy points. And I want all of that. So I think Andy Dalton is a streaming candidate. What do you guys think? I have as my QB 14. Uh, So in that conversation for you. Yeah, the John Ross news hurts, in my opinion. Now they're down to Auden Tate and uh, Tyler Boyd as the main passing options. Damien Willis played 90% of the snaps week one, and he was so unproductive remember the when first people, two weeks. Remember, people thought he was going to be a thing after uh, preseason. The f- he was so unproductive the first two weeks that he didn't even play a snap uh, the following week. So it's tough to trust anyone outside of Boyd, Tate, and Eifert maybe in the red zone. It's, well, that's why I also like Joe Mixon a lot in this game. I have him as a running back one because he should be very involved in the passing game as well. Now that there's limited passing options for Cincinnati, obviously there's still no... A.J. Green out there. So Joe Mixon only has one game this season over uh, over eight fantasy points and half PPR, so it's not been an ideal start for him. And we were very off the Joe Mixon bandwagon, as you all know. But if he's going to turn it around, this week's the week to start. Honestly, this is he hasn't got any looks since week one, uh, any catches at least, so. This is strange, but I just have a feeling it's going to be one of those random weeks where CJ Uzoma performs well, and then uh, everyone's pissed off that Tyler Alford didn't do it. Just because Dalton has to throw the ball to someone. Do you know what that reminds me of, guys? We we forgot to do the dart throw of the week. We used to do that last year, remember? And now was, we just don't do that anymore. Last year, yeah, you did. Throw of the week. Oh, that could be your dart throw of the week, Jason. I like Joe Mixon in this one, too. Let's go over to the Arizona side. Um, this is a very beatable defense on all levels. So um, I'm feeling good about the weapons here. Uh, Kyler Murray, I wouldn't play him here, but if there's a time to play him, you play him now. I love David Johnson in this matchup. I love Larry Fitz in this matchup. Wouldn't really play any of the other options. Michael, how do you feel about these options on the Arizona side? Uh, I don't agree with you about Kyler Murray. I have Kyler Murray as my QB5. Whoa-wee. We're talking about Cincinnati here, man. They- Michael, you're saying that as if, like, you're normal. What? <laughs> Kyler Murray at five? God. You're saying it with such, like, yeah. Yeah, the schmear, schmear. I mean, he has two games with 20 or more points so far this season. The other ones, 16 and 17, were mediocre. But you can't really get a better matchup than Cincinnati here for Kyler Murray to finally get things going in the Carolina offense. Like, like uh, it just has not really panned out the way they wanted it to go. But it's Cincinnati, man. You don't think he could throw two touchdowns against Cincinnati? Sure I think he can. he can. And with Larry Fitz, I have him as a high-end wide receiver, too, this week. DJ, you said I have him as a very solid RB1. Even Kayshawn Johnson has a solid flex appeal here with uh, Christian Kirk already being ruled out. Uh, Jason, how are you feeling about these uh, pass catchers? You said, by the way, Carolina offense. You meant Arizona offense. Oh, yeah. I think Larry Fitzgerald is going to have himself a nice day. Same. Uh, Really the only wide receiver you could trust at the moment. And even so, he's been a little less trustworthy recently. But three out of four games this season, he has either 100 yards or a touchdown. Uh, We're looking at three games of double-digit points and half PPR. Now we're playing Cincinnati. Christian Kirk is hurt. Uh, there's really just uh, – there's not a lot of guys. There's a lot of question marks around Fitzgerald, uh, Johnson, Isabella, stuff of that sort. 
Fitz is going to get his. It's going to be a good day for him. All right. Anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? No. Um, this one should be quick. Let's David go. David Johnson, maybe. Well, we talked about David Johnson. We like we we both like him as a as a mid range RB one in this game. Uh, let's talk, uh, obviously you want to share something about him, Jason. Knock yourself out, kid. I mean, he's passed eleven rushes one time this season, and that was week one. Uh, I, he's not going to be the DJ you drafted to be the number one overall player, but he'll be good. All right, let's go over to. The Washington Redskins hosting the New England Patriots. Um, simply start your Patriots and sit your Redskins should probably be the motto here. Um, let's start with the Redskins since this could be uh, this could be good. Case Keenum, this could be I'm sorry, really bad. Case Keenum is injured and he's probably not going to play, which means Colt McCoy is probably going to get to start here. Uh, Paul Richardson, Terry McLaurin looks like he's going to come back from that hamstring injury, but hamstring injuries are always tricky. Um, Chris Thompson and AP in the backfield. Look, if you're saying a hobbled McLaurin and Chris Thompson are guys that I might consider playing in the flex, besides that, I don't want anything to do with this offense. I mean, I can't disagree with anything you just said. It, McLaurin and Thompson are literally the only options, and their ceilings are pretty limited this yeah, week if, against New England. If you have them, if you have other options, like if, you, if you're if you a McLaurin owner, I understand if you're playing in a three-wide receiver league that he's your wide receiver three, you're going to go with him. I feel that. I get that. But if you have another option, go with that other option. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd rather have Deontay Johnson over Terry McLaurin. That I would not. But to each his own. I disagree as well. So I mean, we're still talking about a guy who was very, very productive his first three weeks. I just – a hobbled guy against – a. A Bill Belichick defense is going to take away your best, the best part of your game. But someone's going to have to catch the ball, right? No. Listen, <laughs> my trick question, my trick question from week one is kind of correct when I said what receiver has a touchdown in every game this season. Tyrell Williams is correct. It's also Terry McLaurin. He just didn't play in week four. Yeah, well yeah. that counts. He's playing the Patriots yeah, at least too. sixty-two yards and a touchdown in every game so far. I don't know. You want me? To, you want me to get a half hobbled rookie against the Patriots? I'll pass on that. Uh, let's go over to the Patriots. Look, this defense for the for the Redskins has been atrocious. Um, they've been giving up points like crazy. Um, I like James White a lot in this game. I think James White is going to have a big game. I even think Sony Michelle might sneak his way into the end zone. Uh, I like Josh Gordon. I think Josh Gordon breaks out in this game and becomes the guy that we all think that he could be. I like Julian Edelman to have a lot of have a lot of uh, volume. I like Tom Brady. I don't think I don't really like Philip Dorsett because I think Philip Dorsett is gonna is gonna not they're not gonna need to go downfield to Philip Dorsett. Another addition that is underrated: Ben Watson coming back from suspension. Um, they might get him acclimated. Right now, the Patriots are throwing to the tight end the least of any team in the league. So I just basically mentioned the entire Patriots team. Yeah. Um, Michael, how do you feel about these Patriots? Uh, oh, Tom Brady is a top five quarterback in my opinion. We are on the same page in this game here, bro. Uh, I agree. I have Tom Brady in my top five QBs. I have him at number four. I agree. I have James White as my highest strength running back of the bunch. Sony Michelle, he's going to have to fall into the end zone to be viable. He has been an absolute joke this season. He has. According to, I forget which site, because there's so many sites at this point that track broken tackles. He has not broken a single tackle this season. Like, are you kidding me? Not one tackle. Like, just stiff arm someone for crying out loud. <laughs> Three games under seven points or seven or less and half PPR. He either falls into the end zone 
and gives you a half-decent game or it doesn't fall into the end zone and you're screwed. At this point, he's Marion Barber. <laughs> you guys remember Marion Barber? I do. You're <laughs> talking about Marion Barber too much this week. Yeah. I think that's the second Marion Barber shout-out, right? It is. Um, <laughs> I'm going to disagree, though. Uh, unless you're in full PPR, I, I prefer Michelle to James White. Uh, just because I smell a it's the Redskins, dude. I smell a touchdown. Oh, do you hear that? I smell a yeah, bat. Fire it up, kiddo. Okay. What about, Who knows? Maybe Brandon Bolden will steal another fucking four yard touchdown. What Jeez about Louise. What about Rex Burkhead? Any love for him, dude? He was out of the game script. Rex again. Burkhead played less than twenty percent of the slaps. Excuse me, snaps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to slap someone because of this, dude. What? what? I don't understand what's going on with the Patriots and their running game, like. 18% of the snaps for Burkhead a week after playing 74%. Bella, check it off your list. James White is back. James White is the only back in the Bill Belichick system that has gotten at least some form of consistency over the past five, six years. Um, with that being said, Jason, Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman, how do you feel about them this week? Oh, and also Dude. Dorsett and Watson. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like Dorsett is more trustworthy than Josh Gordon at this point. Whoa. I mean, look at what they've done. Dorsett has been better. It's just that you have to start Gordon because he's a more dynamic player. He's the guy who's going to get a few more looks. It's just that Dorsett gets safer looks. He gets plays across the middle of the field. He gets uh, passes where he can run with the ball a little bit. Uh, so I think that they're all viable options. Um, Dorsett, if you look at his targets per game, 4-3-7-9. So 7-9, and um, and the game with 4, he had two touchdowns. So he's been around. I feel like he... I don't know. I'm just... I'm torn. I feel like Dorsett and Josh Gordon are just feeding off of each other right now. It's We're facing the Redskins, right? They are, not we. So there's only so much that's going to go around before they just start running the ball. Uh, we know Edelman is going to get his. I'm a little scared Dorsett's just going to steal this from Josh Gordon, and we're just going to keep waiting for Josh Gordon to do something. We mentioned on the Monday episode that if this isn't if Josh Jordan, Gordon doesn't break out the next three weeks, he's got the two New York teams and Washington. Yeah. If he doesn't break out here, then it's safe to say that he won't break out at all. Um, what about Ben Watson, guys? What about do you think that he's a viable tight end in this game? No, you definitely gotta wait and see what Ben Watson. You gotta think though, like you could stash him for all right, yeah, okay. That, I, I agree with you. I'll take that. I'll take that. Stash him. Um, I think that if you're tight and needy, he's Slash, a good stash, stash because you got to think <laughs> right now you got a team that throws to the tight end the least of any team, right? But in the past, they've thrown to the tight end the most of any team. What's the difference? Talent. Ben Watson has talent. So if they bring that talent in at tight end, do they start passing the tight end more? It's something to consider. Tom Brady, you know he... Tell. You know he loves throwing those tight ends. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? No. Let's go to the Jets at the Philadelphia Eagles. This one um, should be relatively quick, too. Yeah, Jets Sam Darnold. Side. Yeah, Sam Darnold is not back yet. Let's start on the Jets side. Look, number one in fantasy points against by the wide receiver are the Eagles. Jameson Crowder is one of six players to have 20% of his team's targets. Only six players have 20% of their team targets, and Jameson Crowder is one of those players. Um, do you think that there's a slight off chance that Robbie Anderson or Jameson Crowder has himself some kind of game against a very beatable secondary who's missing um, Darby? Look, if Luke Falk is playing quarterback, 
I don't know how you could trust either, man. Because, look, you have – they are coming off a bye going against a bad passing defense. Everything is written in the stars for Luke Falk to have a decent game. But then you remember, I mean, he's Luke Falk, and he's looked absolutely terrible up until this point. It's still very unlikely that Sam Darnold uh, plays this week. He hasn't really done anything. He just started – he just got back into the into t- working with his teammates. Yeah, no contact so, allowed. I mean – I'd honestly rather take a shot on Robbie Anderson this week because he is the big play guy, and if he's going to score against the Eagles, I would not be shocked with the, the with, with the way their secondary has been playing. They've just get, been getting torched. Devontae Adams absolutely destroyed them last week, like they, and they're giving him like 20 yards of space. Like He's just running 15 yards and turning around and catching the ball. If Robbie Anderson's able to use his speed, I could see him maybe breaking out a long one, but... I'd rather not trust either of them. They they're flex plays in my opinion, but I I just I just don't love it by any means. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a tough one. Le'Veon Bell's gonna get a lot of a lot of work. Um, he is a RB two every single week until Sam Darnold comes back, and then he's an RB one again in my opinion. Uh, do you guys feel the same way? You're running Bell out there and expecting RB two numbers this week. I got Le'Veon he's Bell. Good. Go ahead, Jay. He's going to touch the ball so much. It's just so hard to gouge when Gage. the quarterback play Gage, when the quarterback plays so bad. In his, in he had Darnold 22 stay. touches against New England, and he still put up eight points in half PPR. Yeah, it's not what you drafted in the first round, but it's not going to kill you either. You're going to throw him out there. If he finds the end zone, he's going to be an RB1. So, like, there's safer options. I mean, he's a safe option. There's not many safer options was my actual point. Yeah. You really can't ask for much. I more. agree with you. I His expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros was 17. That kind of blew my mind. Uh, I have him as my running back 10. Like you said, he's going to get the touches. It's just how valuable those touches are. I mean, he's yet to have a game less than 22 touches rushing and receiving. So... Yeah, I have him as my RB10 this week against Philly. He's going to at least catch passes, which seven to eight receptions for Le'Veon Bell will be glorious. Yeah, I uh, can't, can't argue with that one. Um, let's go over to the other side, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, this is where it gets sexy. Mm. Um, Carson Wentz yet to have under 20 points. He's been an absolute stud at the quarterback position. Uh, definitely want to start Carson Wentz in any matchup, but against New York, obviously a be- one of the better matchups, yeah. especially against Green Bay, who was holding quarterbacks down really well. Carson Wentz went in, through, scored 20. He could basically do that against every defense not named Chicago, and you're feeling good about that. Um, the question is, Zach Ertz, yet to have a touchdown. Is this the week he has a touchdown? I would not be shocked. I mean, it's only a matter of time, man. It's just... It's the same thing as, like, uh, George Kittle and uh, Darren Waller. Like, these guys are getting a bunch of work. They just haven't found the end zone yet. It's bound to happen. Like, these guys aren't going to go touchdownless the whole season. Like, you got to you gotta relax a little bit here. It hasn't been the easiest matchups uh, for, for Zach Ertz either. But now he's going against the Jets. Still not the easiest matchup. The Jets have been solid against the tight ends with Jamal Adams and company. But... I wouldn't be shocked. I have Zach Ertz as my tight end, too, this week. I think he has a very solid game. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey set to play. Uh, I mean, Deshaun Jackson 
seems like every year he plays week one, week two, and then he misses until week seven. And yep. it seems like this is just his routine at this point. Um, he's not going to play. But even when he doesn't play, Nelson Aguilar, when Jeffrey plays, Nelson Aguilar is basically useless. Um, wouldn't play Aguilar, but Jeffrey's a definite, a definite go in this one. And you got a guy like Matt Collins, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. How are you guys feeling about the pass-catching options outside of Ertz? Start I would say Jeffrey. that, yeah, Jeffrey and Ertz are the real options here. Alshon Jeffrey came back, scored a touchdown, even in a tough matchup uh, with Jair Alexander. The Jets, though, um, don't have cornerbacks with that potential. And then the Jets' DB coach even came out and said some stuff about Tremaine Johnson, which, uh, I mean, he was benched week one, too. So who knows if Tremaine Johnson's going to even be on the field? Not that he's that good, but he is better than... Roberts the, and Co. Roberts and Co. Uh, and Nate Harrison. So I, I'm firing up Alshon Jeffrey. He only caught three of his nine targets against Green Bay. So he saw a lot of work. I'm kind of be more efficient against the Jets. I'm kind of confused as to why people are so down on Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, he's played in two games this season and has three touchdowns and eight receptions in those. Excuse me, he played in two games and in those two games. I mean, he's clearly Carson Wentz's main outside target as well. I like Alshon Jeffrey. This backfield got even more confusing as of last week. Jordan Howard, three rushing touchdowns and took a commanding lead in the backfield competition right now. Um, but you still have Sanders back there. Uh, you didn't see much of Darren Sproles, so you got to consider, is this, the, is this where we're going to get more into a two-back system? Are you comfortable playing Jordan Howard against a New York Jets defense that has been slashed by the running backs? Uh, you were talking about Howard taking a, a lead role. He played 53% of the snaps by far as most as an Eagle. Yeah, which is up from his average of 33%. Yeah, even 33% was in week three. He only played 23% and 22% weeks one and two. So. Oh, shit. Yeah, Darren Sproles only 11% and then Sanders 35%. Sanders didn't play bad. He played decent. Just Jordan Howard played unbelievably last week against Green Bay. Seemed like every time he was getting the ball, he was getting a nice chunk. He had three touchdowns. He was even a receiver, which was glorious. So it's tough because this is still the Eagles. So you'd like to think that Jordan Howard like kind of grasped the lead role there. But who, would we really be that shocked if Miles Sanders leads that backfield again? No. No, because that's just how the Eagles are. Howard is obviously my preferred option this week, but I think he's a high-end flex play. If you put him in your RB2, I think it's a bit risky. But for that, with that being said, I, I wouldn't trust Miles Sanders. Uh, Jordan Howard is really my only my only play this week in, in that backfield. Jason, what do you think? I th I have him as a solid flex as well. It's a little tough to trust him right now. Last week really came out of nowhere, for being honest. Um, and it's not like he saw uh, he saw more work. Right, he had 18 touches, but before that he had 11 and nine. So. And he had three catches, which we can't really expect from Jordan Howard typically. So that's 15 rushes. He really didn't get that much more work. He was just a lot more productive with it. Um, so we need to see him be productive in multiple games. It's just that the matchup against the Jets is a solid game for him to be productive. Uh, so I see the upside here. The expectations should be tempered, though. It could be a game where uh, a fool's gold type game. Okay. Yeah, uh, chasing those points is never a good idea. But against the, against the Jets' uh, defense, I think it's a good chance that at least one of these running backs has a big game. Question is which one. 
I you have to lean Jordan Howard after that game he had last week. Uh, let's go over to two offensives that has been super disappointing. Um, Matt Ryan sucks. Um, at the Atlanta Falcons at the Houston Texans. Let's start with Matt Ryan sucks. Um, Matt Ryan, uh, uh, more empty yards, but they count for fantasy points. Yes, they do, Tim. That's all that matters, guys. 397 of the emptiest yards you'll ever see uh, yet again, but they count for fantasy points, so he was good. Um, let's start with Austin Hooper. Dude's balling, and a lot of be- this is third year. That's usually the year of tight ends break out. He's taking some of the love away from Calvin Ridley that you would like to see if you're a Calvin Ridley owner. But with that being said, Austin Hooper, is he a daily week-in, week-out play? And on top of that, how do you see him this week? Michael, start with you. Yes, he is a daily week-in, week-out play at this point. Three of the four weeks so far, he, uh, <clears throat> he has double-digit fantasy points. Two of those games, he didn't even score a touchdown, so he's doing it. Uh, just receiving yards and reception-wise. Nine for 130 last week against Tennessee. Houston isn't the easiest matchup for tight ends, but he's clearly a big part of that offense. So I'm firing up Austin Hooper as a tight end one if I have him. Jason? He's someone that you'd be starting as a tight end one even if he was struggling. Like last season, he was a tight end one, and he wasn't that good. Like he was a, he was a good player, but it's not like he blew the – He's 660 yards and four touchdowns. He's already halfway there in four games, 307 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Talk about a breakout. He's someone that you should be very excited about having. Uh, I don't see why. Well, it it can lessen a little bit, but I don't see why the breakout in general would stop. Uh, Matt Ryan seems to be comfortable throwing to him for two years now. Um, Let's go over to the pass catching options on the outside. Julio Jones is has been Julio Jones-ish. He has those big games, and then he has those games where he kind of disappears. Um, Calvin Ridley, his third or second straight game where he's been super disappointing. Um, Mohamed Sanu kind of came up out of the woodwork last week. Uh, what do you guys think about these pass-catching options against a secondary that's been up and down? This, this game is one of my favorite to attack the secondary in fantasy this week. Uh I like Julio as my number one option uh, of all receivers this year. Uh, excuse me, this week. I have Calvin Ridley as a high-end wide receiver three this week. I think he breaks out of his funk. So uh, even going to the Texas Texan side, we'll get to that after. But I like their pass-catching options a lot too. Even Mohamed Sanu, the, uh, the Texans don't do very well against the slot. So Mohamed Sanu, back-to-back double-digit fancy points and half PPR. So I think he could be a decent flex option again. Sanu, you know, his ceiling isn't there, but you could do worse for a flex option at this point, especially if you're dealing with injuries and things of that sort. Jason? Maybe I should hop back on the uh, Calvin Ridley sucks train that I was driving last year. I'm, uh, all, uh, I'm all about the Calvin Ridley sucks train. Touchdowns kept him afloat. Touchdowns kept him afloat week one and two. Now he's not finding the end zone, and he's pretty useless. He came out at the end of one of the other games, I think two weeks ago, and talked about how zone defense is hard or some shit like that. Like, yo, you're an NFL player. What the fuck are you crying about zone defense for? <laughs> um, so I think there is cause for concern here. I said last week, you know, people just have bad games, and it's true. That happens. And then Tennessee last week, tough matchup. He still saw six targets. But I think we're seeing that Calvin Ridley is a little bit more touchdown dependent than people um considered him to be going into the season um okay let's move on to uh, let's move on to the running backs um as of right now 
uh, an interesting little tidbit about uh, Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman is one of only seven players, sorry, seven backs, to see at least 75% of his team's handoff and 12% of the target share in the passing game. This according to J.J. Zachariason. Others, Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, David Johnson, Nick Chubb. So there's two things to be said about that. Number one, Devontae Freeman could either go and take that next level and be one of the better backs in the second half, or you could say he's been getting the opportunity of guys like McCaffrey, Bell, Kamara, Fournette, Johnson, and Chubb, who are clearly RB1s, and he hasn't been doing anything with it, which means that his best days are done. Michael, which side do you land on, uh, particularly in this matchup? So I'm on the hold Devontae Freeman bandwagon at this point. I want to be actively trying to trade for him, uh, but I also wouldn't be selling him for cheap because he has been progressively getting better fantasy-wise. Uh, three points week one with a complete dud. Eight points week two, which not great. 11 points week, th- week three, which you could deal with at your RB2. And then 14 points week four, which again, you could deal with at your RB2. It's a decent game. 19 overall touches in week three, 20 touches in week two. Uh, he has at least three receptions in every single game. Went eight for 72 through the air last game. He's been facing difficult front sevens with Minnesota, Philly, Indy, and Tennessee. Indy was the easiest uh, front seven he could face, and he went 16 for 88 on the ground. Mini Minnesota, Philly, and Tennessee are all three very difficult teams to run on. Houston, Arizona, the Rams, and Seattle coming up. So still not great, but definitely easier than the first four weeks. If I'm a Devontae Freeman owner, I'm looking at him as a solid RB2 going forward. I don't think that's going to change. I have him as my RB22 this week against Houston. And you just got to hope he finds the end zone, which he has not yet. Once he finds the end zone, he'll have that solid game that you finally want from him. Because if he found the end zone last week, he would have put up 20 fantasy points. And people would probably be saying, Devontae Freeman's back. And you got to remember, he just missed the whole season. More of a knock on Freeman, I'd say. Sorry, David Johnson, then um, good for Freeman. If you look at David Johnson and Devontae Freeman's numbers just based off of yards and yards per touch, their seasons are very similar. Uh, very similar in that they're both extremely inefficient and in not playing to the level that we expect them to play at. The only difference is David Johnson's finding the end zone. So a couple of falls into the end zone. And nobody's going to be worried, just like nobody seems to be worried about David Johnson. The only thing is, though, Ito Smith has every single carry for the Falcons inside the five. So it's looking like Devontae Freeman might have to either catch a pass or run it in from outside the 10-yard line or so to find the end zone. Um. Yeah, okay. Any Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? No. Uh, let's go over to the Houston side. Uh, Deshaun Watson had a really bad game. Um which made uh, Hopkins have a really bad game for the third game in a row. Will Fuller also not meeting expectations. The backfield, Duke Johnson, droppable player. Carlos Hyde, a blah game again. Man, this offense who that looks like it has a bunch of pieces is really, really, really struggling. So the question is, what to do? Michael, what do you think? What to do is take the dive one more time, folks, and stick Will Fuller into your starting lineup. I have him as my wide receiver 27 this week. Excuse me, 28, higher than expert consensus rankings by a decent margin. 
Kenny Stills has already been ruled out for this week. Or I don't know if he's been ruled out, but he's doubtful to play this he's week. He's going to be out. Huh? He's going to be out. Yeah, he's going to be out. Uh, the Atlanta passing defense is bottom five in the league against receivers. They're bottom five in the league in touchdowns allowed to opposing receivers. We've uh, Will Fuller is top 10 in the league in air yards. He just hasn't connected really with Deshaun Watson yet. I think this is a coming out party for the Deshaun Watson and the passing offense with Nuke and Will Fuller. I think it's a big game coming for all three of them, and I'm excited for it to happen. I'm going I'm to spit a little math for uh, Will Fuller right now. A little, a little quick, math. Quick math. Quick math. A little math. A little math. Uh, in 2017, he scored seven touchdowns in 10 games. We're looking at 70% of games he was scoring touchdowns. 2018, four touchdowns in seven games. That is 57% touchdowns. If we take the average of that, 70 and 57, we get... Oh, man. I had this, and I lost it, and I'm trying to do it quickly on my phone. 63.5% of games, he scores touchdowns. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's assume he's going to play 16 games this season. That puts him on pace for... Roughly nine touchdowns. Roughly ten touchdowns. Mm, Yummy! And now, he's through four games without a touchdown. Which means he has 10 touchdowns to catch up to. Oh, the Michael and Jason go get the average alert. Where if yes. you score three so, touchdowns, you're sc- you're screwed going forward. But if you haven't scored a touchdown yet, it's time for some glorious games. Exactly. With 12 games left and 10 expected touchdowns, Will Fuller's days are good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, up. I'm very excited for Will Fuller this week. It could, if it's another disappointment, man, it's going to be very, very upsetting. But I, I really like Will Fuller in this passing offense this week. Carlos Hyde, you said he's very bleh. Flex option, not starting Duke Johnson either. So that's basically it for the the Texans. It's Watson, uh, Hopkins, and Fuller are really the only exciting options at this point. Um, I think that the offense bounced back. I think that Hopkins finally puts on a show the way that we expect. I think Watson gets off the schnikey a little bit. I think this Atlanta defense is completely overrated. I think they, uh, you know, the Atlanta, the Atlanta offense throws a lot, which means that there's going to be a lot of Houston Texan chances. I think that you're going to see Matt Ryan get sacked, turn the ball over a couple times. He's been a turnover machine this year. Uh, so I think that the Texans not only win this game, but I think also win handily with a nice offensive performance. Let's go over to the Jaguars at the Carolina Panthers. This one has the second lowest uh, output in in the league, and you see why. The two running backs here are the studs. Uh, let's talk about the home team first. Real quick, did anyone touch on Carlos Hyde? We did. I said he's a mad flex option at this point. Yeah, man. <clears throat> All right, I just want to make sure that we got uh, Lamar Miller light out of the way. Yeah, Lamar, L- Lamar diet Lamar Miller with zero calories. Um, let's go. Diet over- Lamar Miller, that's a lot bigger than Lamar. Miller. Yeah, diet Lamar Miller with lemon. Um, uh, let's go over <laughs> fake lemon, <laughs> lemon uh, preserves. Let's go <laughs> preserves. That's not fake. Let's go over to the Carolina offense. Christian McCaffrey, lock it up, RB one every single week. Don't even think about it. Just don't. Lock it yeah, up, don't baby. Do it, basically. Lock it up, um, but let's talk about DJ Moore. DJ Moore, it, an interesting situation that he's in. He was seeing uh, t- over 25% of the targets in his games with Cam. With his games with Allen, his first game, 8% of the targets. Last game, 15% of the targets. So he is not the favorite target. You saw the targets for 
Samuel and Olsen go up. I think that Olsen, as long as Allen as a quarterback, comes in at a tight end one in the tight end one conversation because he likes throwing to Olsen. Um, and Samuel, of course, has those uh, tricky underneath routes, the short routes, the swing passes, the handoffs, things of that nature. Um, how do you feel about these pass catching options with the backup quarterback in? All right, I need to take over because I can't believe what's happening in the fantasy industry right now. I'll eat my words and take the L if I'm wrong. But, man, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are 26th and 27th on fantasy pros right now. Against Jacksonville, seeing five targets each a game from fucking Allen. Are you kidding me? This is like, it's blowing my mind. DJ Moore in two games with Kyle Allen as I wait for my slow computer to load, has four catches, dude. Under 100 yards. Total, not each game. A touchdown bailed him out. And Curtis Samuel is doing better, air quotes, but not much better. He has eight catches, 85 yards, a touchdown. Both have been bailed out by a touchdown. They're both out of my top 36 this week. I don't want to touch them with a 28-foot pole. Maybe 29 feet, but 28 feet, too far. I mean, Jalen Ramsey not going to play. Probably. In all, in all likelihood. So that... It's still that, a decent defense. It is very good still. Don't get me wrong. But that does sway me a bit. I mean, but not for nothing. This is why we were fading DJ Moore at his fifth round ADP and Curtis Samuel at his seventh round ADP once it shot up that high. Because you need effective quarterback play. They didn't get it from Cam. They got it from Kyle Allen for one game against Arizona. Kyle Allen struggled mightily last week. I mean, he's playing decently, but he can't hold on to a damn ball. He seems to fumble every time he gets hit. So I agree with Jason here. I think they're both wide receiver three options, but I'm not excited about either of them. Yeah, um, I I can't help but agree with you guys. And Greg Olson, if you have him, you're playing him, but he struggled mightily last week too. Two receptions for five yards. I mean, you're going to have that in any tight end one, I feel like, besides like the top however many... Five, maybe four. Um, so I was still wrong with him. I still like him this week. Um, let's go over to the Jaguar side. Gardner Minshew actually is hurt right now. Looks like he's going to play. He's been balling. Um, because he's been balling, DJ Chark is becoming do, 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 do. an every week type of guy. But Carolina has allowed the least amount of, uh, they are the number one rated DBs right now. In football. So, Chris Conley has been playing all right. DJ Chark has been playing really good. D.D. Westbrook's kind of an afterthought. Gardner Minshew has been playing all right. How do you feel about the pass catching options in this game? Because outside of Chark, and even Chark, I don't know if I could could, play them against a team that's leading the league in yards given up in the air. Mostly, it's a pretty good secondary. James Bradbury is taking a next step this week, this year that you like to see, but mostly because they're getting crazy, crazy pressure um, on the quarterback. So, young quarterback against a veteran defense that gets crazy pressure. Um, the the addition of Gerald McCoy uh, was a great addition. The drafting of Brian Burns has been superb. Um, you have Keekley back there. You have Thompson back there. So I I think that I'm, I'm not feeling good about the pass catching options in Jacksonville. What do you think this week, guys? Just DJ Chark. Uh, DJ Chark had a touchdown called back last week. 
if that was not called back, people would be all over DJ Chark again this week. But he seems to have lost some of his luster just because he didn't have a, another touchdown last week. Against Chris Harris, he would have scored the touchdown too. So, I mean, I'm back on the DJ Chark train as a wide receiver three this week against Carolina. But I agree. I don't think any of the other guys are, are usable uh, for the receiving options. Well, Leonard I mean, the Rams put there. up 30 on the Panthers. The Bucks put up 20. I, this isn't like the best defense in the league, and I know they've been good against the pass so I far. Mean, but when you say the Bucks put up 20, that's... Con- comparatively to what they've done recently, right. I, I guess that's a bad argument on my side. Same same as the Rams. The Rams in their worst games put up 30. So right, that's right. kind of average for the Rams. I mean, my only argument is I'm not, I'm not scared of DJ Chark in this case. Maybe you make that argument for the other guys, but we know what Chark is going to do. Leonard Fournette has become a bona fide workhorse back, um, getting not only the rushes but the passes out of the backfield. Minshew's hitting him with passes out of the backfield. Uh, you start Leonard Fournette with the utmost confidence this week. Yeah, after what happened last week, 225 yards on the ground. I like Leonard Fournette a lot last week. It was a lot higher than him uh, than expert consensus ranking was on Fantasy Pros, <clears throat> and that worked out in a grand fashion for Leonard Fournette owners. Carolina doesn't have the best pass, uh, excuse me, run defense. So I think it's a big, uh, solid spot for Leonard Fournette to find the end zone again uh, this week. Uh, anything else on this game that you guys want to talk about? Oh, Sean Hennessy. All right, let's move on uh, to the Broncos at you the Chargers. Also, oh, you really want to talk about him? No, I don't, but it's two games in a row with a touchdown. Maybe a. Solid DFS play in one of your six lineups. Um, let's go over to the home team, the Los Angeles Chargers. Last week, with a depleted roster, they killed the Dolphins. Travis Benjamin and um, and Mike Williams both limited in practice today, so they both have a chance to play. Let's get to the pass catchers in one second. The thing everyone wants to know in this game, what is going to shake out in the backfield Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, what do you do with these two guys? Um, the experts are here to talk to you. Michael, expert these people. <laughs> I got Austin Eckler at RB13 and Melvin Gordon at RB20. We saw what just happened to the Denver defense by Leonard Fournette and Rykel Armstead. First time Rykel Armstead actually got work in an NFL game, and he looked great too. There is a lot of room to feast when you're playing Denver and you're running back. I'd be shocked if Austin Eckler doesn't at least see half the carries. What Austin Eckler did in his first four games this season as a starting running back, the total yardage and touchdowns, Melvin Gordon has never had a stretch like that in his career, numbers-wise. So all these people could try to say, no one's going to convince you that Melvin Gordon is a better player than Austin Eckler, as much as people want to say it and just look at flashiness. I, I still think Austin Eckler is at least even, if not better. I just, I'm not on the bandwagon for Melvin Gordon just coming back and stepping into that lead role yet. I think it takes time for him to really get work his way back in. I don't think he steps right back into the lead role this week. I prefer Eckler to Gordon this week, but I do think they're both RB2 plays, Eckler high end and Melvin Moore low end because of the great match. That's an interesting I take. agree. Oh. Even if you look at the end of last season, Melvin Gordon, uh, once he got back from injury around 
Uh, I forget the week, but at the end of last season, he split work pretty decently with Austin Eckler. He wasn't the back, and if he came into the season as the starting back and he practiced with the team, like we'd expect him to get more into his role that he had in the beginning of last season. But this wasn't a new thing that happened. And now Eckler's been killing it with him out. Why would the Chargers back away from what they did when they were successful at the end of last season, where they've been successful this season? They've scored more points without Melvin Gordon in the last few years. I, I also think that Eckler, um, at least for a week or two, is still going to hold off Melvin Gordon as the guy you want starting. Man, this is bad news because I think it's three for three. If I'm an Austin Eckler owner, I'm not hesitating at all to start him again this week. Um, do I expect RB1 no- numbers? Maybe not. But I don't think it's out of the question that RB num- RB1 numbers exist. Um, I think Melvin Gordon gets worked in. But I think that you're going to see Austin Eckler not only now and not only in the beginning. But I, th- I don't see this becoming any more than a 50-50 split because... Like Michael said, Austin Eckler has been outplaying Melvin Gordon. In every stretch of his career, at every point in his career, Austin Eckler, this stretch has been better than Melvin Gordon. And if you're the coaching staff, it's slightly disrespectful to have a guy who held out for personal reasons, uh, money. And again, I'm not going to put my hand in another grown man's pockets. So do what you got to do, bro. Like, do your thing. But at the same time, you have a guy here who's been with the organization for a while now. And he's been killing it for you, and you your offense has been moving. Maybe think about giving him the ball uh, in this time. And I think that he had standalone value coming into the year, and now his standalone value is is higher than ever. Um, kind of disappointing for Keenan Allen last game. I feel like they they really honed in on Keenan Allen. Uh, I would not be surprised, although Keenan Allen comes out of the slot, I would not be surprised if uh, you got Chris Harris shadowing him in this game. So this is not one of the more exciting matchups for Allen, but if there's anyone who could beat Harris, it is Allen. Um, again, like I said, Mike Williams and and uh, Travis Benjamin are both limited at practice this week. So how are you guys feeling about these pass-catching options? I... Uh I'm not shying away from Keenan Allen this week, man. I have a wide receiver three. I don't see how you can't like start him as a high end option at this point. At least eight. Besides last week against Miami, which I think was more of a more of just a an outlier than signs to come. Eight receptions and one twenty three week one. Eight for ninety eight week two. Thirteen for one eighty three week three. I mean, it's Keenan Allen's offense, man, and I expect that to remain true. This week against Denver. So even it, in a tough matchup against Chris Harris, I think Keenan Allen has a very successful day. Yeah, hard to hard to argue with you on that one. Are you playing Mike Davis or Travis Benjamin if they play? Because I don't think you're playing Mike Inman. Williams. Mike Williams, excuse me. I don't play, think you're playing Inman. I think Mike Williams uh, could be a, a decent flex option, but just the way he's played to start the season and the injuries that he's dealt with, it's there's definitely a significant amount of risk that comes with playing him. Uh, what about Phillip Rivers? Is he on your QB streamer list this week? I mean, I have him at 12. Denver isn't an ideal matchup. Denver isn't a scary matchup. So I think we've seen um, throughout the years, especially now in his later years, Phillip Rivers is always that boring QB, back-end QB1, high-end QB2. 
Uh, it's just that playing against Denver, who, I mean, their defense, they finally got a sack last week. Let's let's uh, give them a round of applause there. Like but three defense, sacks. Wow. And they haven't been that good this season. The issue, I feel like, is game script. Uh, the Broncos aren't a good team. I think that Joe Flacco is absolute trash. So how much is Philip Rivers really going to have to throw? Melvin Gordon's going to be back. They're probably going to want him to get him involved in the game script. That's the issue here, in my opinion. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah, I I can't argue with that. Let's go over to the Denver side. Uh, you saw the Denver offense kind of come alive last week. We saw the, the Denver offense has been super efficient. So what you saw with the Denver offense was uh, they were really good within the 20s kind of crawling their way to the red zone, and they couldn't do anything in the red zone. Then Cortland Sutton broke out for two touchdowns last week. Um, this is a secondary that has been giving up things on the other side of Casey Hayward. Uh, so with that being said, do you think Cortland Sutton has the ability to follow up his uh, big game with another big game? And do you think Manny Sanders, who, like we always said, the squeaky wheel gets the, gets the oil, Manny Sanders, over 100 yards last game. So... Do you think the wide receiver options for the Broncos have a chance to have two big games back-to-back, especially against a secondary like this? I'm not hopping on the Corlin Sutton train. I get it. Like, he's he has a lot of air yards. That's the thing with air yards. You know, I like all these cool stats, and they're helpful, and they're useful. They don't tell the whole story. Air yards don't really matter when you're being overthrown completely on a 50-yard ball. Congratulations, you had the ball thrown too far away. That, that's cool. I'm not going to take anything away from that besides that this quarterback sucks. Uh, and Joe Flacco was a bad quarterback. So it was it was nice to see from Cortland Sutton. And I know that signs have been pointing to a better game. But I just don't see how he can consistently be a good player in this offense with Flacco throwing him the ball. Sanders, on the other hand, where Flacco has excelled recently against throwing to slot wide receivers. We've seen Sanders be a wide receiver too now for a long time, even with bad quarterbacks in Denver. Him I'll trust as a wide receiver 2-3. Sutton, not so much. You know how many games Corlin Sutton has with over 15 half PPR fantasy points this season? Two. You know how many Allen Robinson has in two years as a Bear? One. I'm just going to take. I'm just gonna point that out until Allen Robinson has a game with more than 15 <laughs> half PPR fantasy points. <laughs> Yeah, I mean Sutton's kind of creating a nice floor for himself. I as agree, well. man. I, I don't. I'm not on Jason's bandwagon here. I think Sutton has the ability to be like a solid player week in week out. Going against Casey Hayward, though, he's a talented dude. Casey Hayward's quite the matchup for Cortland Sutton. Well, right now PFF has the matchup as Sanders versus Hayward, and yes, Sanders does go into the slot a lot. But when they come out with two wide receivers, which they do do, do 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 do, which they do as well. Um, I think it's going to be Hayward on Sanders. Hayward's not the type of guy to follow a guy around. He usually stays on his right side of the field. So it, maybe he he will get Hayward, but maybe not one-on-one against Hayward. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he should at least see some Hayward throughout definitely, the game. Definitely, definitely. And it's, it's tough to trust Joe Flacco. So I think he's more of a flex play this week. But if he has another nice game, he's going to be moving up the ranks. What about these two in the backfield, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman? Same same story here, in my opinion. You start Lindsay as a solid, uh, super solid flex, solid RB2 if you have to play him as your RB2, and Freeman's more of a lower ceiling flex play. But 
You'd like to see more consistency out of Lindsey. Nine, nine, and seven in half PPR. Three games, 27 in the other game. Royce Freeman is kind of similar output, just he doesn't have that big game that Lindsey had. In half PPR, is seven, 13, nine, and seven. So both guys are similar, but I prefer Lindsey because he is the lead guy there and has more opportunities. You're not playing Joe Flacco under any circumstances. Oh, um, let's, let's go over to our next game, the Packers at... The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys got completely shut out by a team. They finally met a team of their caliber after playing against shitty teams to open this the year. Um, so here's another team of their caliber. Green Bay has been playing very, very solid defense. And a big, big loss on the offensive line for Dallas as uh, Tyron Smith, their all-world left tackle, ends up getting... Big loss. Ends up leaving the game. Uh, don't know how long he's going to be out for, but it could be an extended period of time. Uh, Fleming, uh, Cameron Fleming takes his place, and we've seen Cameron Fleming in this situation before. Uh, no good. So that definitely that definitely affects everyone else. Although um, Michael Gallup's supposed to be back for this game, if I'm not mistaken. Big for their offense. Big for their offense, which uh, yeah, Devin Smith is completely useless now. Um, so Michael Gallup supposed to be back for this game. Randall Cobb's supposed to be back for this game. Uh, well, supposed to play in this game. He has been playing. Amari Cooper. He started off the year strong, but he's been inconsistent as Amari Cooper does. So against this secondary in in Green Bay that has been really, really good, and even last week when they gave up points to the Eagles, it was really on the ground to Jordan Howard. So what do you see for these pass-catching options after getting shut, out last, shut down last week against the Saints? I don't love me some Cooper this week. Um, he struggled last week, and... We were saying Amari Nooper looks like he could be the Amari Nooper where he's consistent. And then two of the four games again, 12 and 7 compared to 20 and 24. Maybe not so fast. We should uh, wait a second there before we declare him Amari Nooper again. He's going to have to go against Jair Alexander this week, which is not a fun task for Amari Cooper. I like Michael Gallup to come back and be slotted right back into wide receiver three territory against. Kevin King, who's not quite as good as Jair Alexander. I just, I'm not loving it as a, if I'm an Amari Cooper owner. It's going against Alexander. This, this can week. definitely be a game where he disappoints, 100%. Um, where do you, you guys have him ranked right now? I was going to say, fact of the matter is, I have him ranked wide receiver 10, just because the wide receiver landscape is not one that I find attractive at the moment. I have him at 11. Well, I mean, okay, so you guys maybe. But at this point, he's at this point he's in a high-powered offense. So. We are lower than him than expert consensus rankings. What about Gallup? Wide receiver three, I have him as. I think he slots right back in. Ooh, God bless you. Phew. Uh, I think he slots right back in. They they missed him dearly last week. They just really haven't been able to establish a second option behind Coop. And Gallup was looking great before he went down with an injury. So they're welcoming. They're welcoming. Welcoming him back with open arms. Jason? <laughs> Galloping. Talk about Cobb here, too. Uh, uh, Cobb. You're asking me about Cobb? Yeah. Pass. You're asking me about Cobb. The pass guy who won't give Cobb a break ever. Fucking Randall Cobb. Drop him. Get him off your teams. Get him out of the league. Get him off the face of this earth. Nah, I, don't start Randall right. Cobb, man. <laughs> yeah, I was... You know, in my mind, when I said that, I was thinking of, like, throw, seeing him float in space because I'm weird 
but then like it sounds it sounds like an evil Weird. thing to say when I think about it in a different way. I was gonna stop talking about Randall Cobb. Right. Now. Um, Gallup <laughs> could perform, but I'm gonna take a week to step back and see what he does. Uh, he's coming back from an injury, and the Packers are a good defense, so I'm not rushing to start Michael Gallup. All right, so let's go over to our. I'm uh, I mean to the running back. Ezekiel Elliott has been disappointing, man. He was on my on the Monday review episode. We do stock down segment. If you don't listen to that, please check it out. And he's in my stock down, not because I don't think he's going to be an RB one for us this season, because that would be dumb. I just think that Ezekiel Elliott right now is not giving you what you drafted him to be, and that is a RB one who wins you weeks. He's been all right. He's been kind of like Todd Gurley, a little bit better than Todd Gurley. So when is is he going to break out? Because now he's got Tyron Smith out of the game. Like, is this the game where he breaks out? Yes. Yes? It's Green Bay. They have been so atrocious against the run to start the year. We just saw Jordan Howard torch them last Thursday. It's it's Zeke week, folks. Even with Tyron Smith being out, I'm still still claiming Zeke week. Zeke week? Jason, how do you feel about Zeke? If Jordan Howard can score three touchdowns, Zeke should score six, right? Um, what about Dak? Maths. What about Dak Prescott? You know, let's not jump the gun here. Uh, he was basically well, he, what was he? The quarterback? He was either the one, two, or third player overall uh, before last week. He's been absolutely great. He has the rushing um, potential to lift him up on certain weeks. I'm not gonna bench him just yet although i know that it could be a decision i regret um what about dak prescott what? i'm sorry uh <laughs> J- jason Witten. sorry at this point he's a high-end tight end too i mean this guy is just all reliable keeps on trucking or not high-end mid mid to high-end tight end too so if you have jason Witten, i i wouldn't start him in a one tight end league unless i really had to but in a two tight end league. Sure. Let's go over to the Green Bay side. Last week on who's going to catch the touchdown from Aaron Rodgers, the winner was Geronimo Ellison. Geronimo. Congratulations. Step right up. You have fantasy relevance because Aaron Rodgers threw you a touchdown. This week on Will Aaron Rodgers Throw You a Touchdown, Marquise Valdez Scanting, Jimmy Graham, and Geronimo Ellison all fight over the one touchdown that is going to make them fantasy relevant. Which one will it be? I have MVS as a high-end wide receiver three option, Geronimo Allison as a flex option, and Jimmy Grand as a tight end one this week because guess what, folks? Devontae Adams is doubtful to play, which means someone is going to have to catch passes. I also think this helps Aaron Jones. This gives him a boost. When Devontae Adams got hurt last week, Aaron Jones had zero receptions through the first three quarters. He ended with six receptions. Ooh. So it's very interesting there as well. They were giving him a lot of opportunities in the last couple drives, which is nice for Aaron Jones' owners. But, yeah, MVS, he's the clear number two option there in my opinion. So I think he's definitely playable. Allison's a risky flex. And then Jimmy Graham, nine targets last week. Devontae Adams is going to be out. Someone's going to need to get targets. He got a he had a touchdown and he got a fade in the end zone that went incomplete. So he has as good a chance as anybody to find the end zone this week. I like MVS this week with if Devontae Adams doesn't play. Right now not practicing, but monitor that during the week. Um I love Aaron Jones this week too. I can't I can't 
I can't say it more. I love him this week. I really think he's going to excel this week. Uh, Jason, how are you feeling about these options? When you see someone like Aaron Jones being carried a little bit by touchdowns, uh, there's two ways you can look at it. One is he's going to stop scoring, stop scoring touchdowns. It's going downhill from here. Two is, hell yeah, he's not even playing good and he's still being productive. And I'm looking at his option too, especially because Jamal Williams is out now. So he's going to get a lot of touches. He had 20, uh, sorry, 19 touches last week. Uh, against Minnesota, he had 27 touches. Besides that, in the other games, he had 14 and 11. So it's a big deal, these differences. And with Williams out, Jones will see a lot more work. Hey, uh, Rat. That's really all you need in this offense, especially he had six receptions last week, too. Hey, Radges. Discount double check. Are you going with Aaron Rodgers this week as a high-end QB1, Jason? Are you doing it, Jason? High-end? No, what are you talking about? No, Jason never puts him I have him as a low-end QB1. Yeah, I think low-end QB1 with his... Dallas is a difficult task. With his favorite receiver out. With Tomas Landers out. Uh, let's go over to our next game, the Indianapolis Colts Ooh. at the Kansas City Chiefs. I've been waiting Guys, all day for Sunday night. A lot of people have been waiting a long time for Tyreek Hill to play, and he is practicing right now. So he may play in this game. No official word yet. Let's approach this game as if he is practicing. Okay. I, no, I mean, I don't know. I'd be absolutely shocked if he played. Really? Starting, uh, getting in in a small practice doesn't mean he's going to play. Uh, we should right. totally treat this conversation as if he's not playing. Yeah, you guys think so? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. All right, let's treat it as if he's not playing then. Although <laughs> I, I want to treat it as if he's playing because it's too. more fun. Um, you don't get to make that decision. We just did for you. I think Sammy Watkins is someone who greatly benefits from Tyree Kill being back in the game. Uh, that attention that he's getting right now, that is opening up guys like Robinson and Hardman. That attention is all of a sudden going to shift to Tyreek Hill. Um, but with that being said, Robinson, Hardman, Watkins, one of them is going to catch a big bomb. Which one's it going to be? I think this is a Sammy Watkins game. I've been, I, it's been seemingly a Sammy Watkins game for weeks now. But He's I think been getting the, the most targets. The, the in, Indy isn't great against the slot, which is why I signed me up for Sammy Watkins week. I have as my twelfth receiver. Uh, I have Demarcus Robinson at 34, so a wide receiver three still. He had a down game last week, but so did uh, most options. And Casey, I mean, Patrick Mahomes didn't even throw a touchdown, but he did have double-digit points two of three weeks without Terry Kill playing. And Miko Hardman I have as a flex play because he showed you just how low his floor is last week when he scored negative points if you negate points for fumbles. I mean, two for nine and a lost fumble is... Really bad. So, and then he only had two receptions the week prior. So I think he's the clear-cut third option here behind Watkins and Robinson at this point. And then Kelsey is my number one tight end. Of course, you're starting Travis Kelsey, and yeah. he's gonna have to find the end zone at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if it was this week. Uh, Jason, your love, the man himself, D. Will, Damian Williams, back practicing in full today. He'll probably play. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is practicing as well and in a limited capacity. These guys are going to split 50-50, right? Uh, can we assume that? I think we can assume that. McCoy's been playing very well in a, lim- in a limited capacity, and I feel like he's going to split, yes. I No, I feel like McCoy has the slight edge at the moment. Oh, I interesting. Mean, Williams is coming back from an injury. We don't know what it looks like yet. He practiced today. That's good to see, but... Uh, for this week, I prefer McCoy. 
Um, Same. I think they're both options, though. Uh, right now, I have uh, Daryl Williams ranked. I'm, I'm just ranking Daryl Williams as if Damian is going to play because he's hurt. And then if Darren, if Damian Williams plays, I'm just going to switch his name because I feel like it's really the role in Kansas City and not really the player. And I have McCoy at 16 and Williams at 22. I think both are valid plays this week against Indy. Uh, Indy's a def- an offense that might be- will probably be able to put some points on the board, not be a super blowout. And it's not a daunting defense against the run. I have uh, a six, 16 and 25, so very similar to you. you but go. definitely yeah, we, keep we, an eye on Williams, D- Damian Williams' status and our ranking updates throughout the week. Yeah, we, we've seen two running backs be productive for the Chiefs already this season. And start Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Done with the QB. <laughs> Let's go over to the Indianapolis Colts side. I got to tell you guys this. I love me some Jacoby Brissett this it. week. Don't say it. Uh, here's why I love Jacoby Brissett this week. Because outside of a bullshit-ass week by the Raiders' <laughs> bullshit-ass quarterback, right? the Kansas City Chiefs has given up 25 points to the combination of Foles and Minshew, 21 points to Lamar Jackson, 23 points to Matt Stafford. As Michael said, teams against the against the Chiefs are going to be chasing the points they're going to be throwing they're going to be having more possessions i love me some jacoby Brissett as a streamer this week i'm streaming him in my league where i have josh allen let me ask you guys a question where do you think jacoby Brissett ranks in the league in a touchdowns thrown there he's number one i know that he is he, i know that he's fourth in the league in in touchdown rating yeah, which is a lot one. of touchdowns. Passing touchdowns yeah i mean i don't see why i can't continue especially in this game i, I mean, just I just don't think he's that good. That's my issue. He's due he's for not. some regression in the touchdown. But in uh, thi- yeah, for sure. But in but this game, KC. Right. I, mean, I have Brissett as my QB twelve this week. I'd start him over guys, established guys like Rivers, Baker, Goff, Josh Allen. If Josh Allen plays, Kirk Cousins. I'd start. I'd start Jacoby Brissett over all those guys. I have Brissett at thirteen, so I actually agree. Although I'm not, I'm the not Brissett guy on this pod. I just can't be happy about starting him. He has two games this week. I mean, this season, under 191 yards. Highly like, doubt that happens again against KC. Last week, and if he doesn't have T.Y. again, which it does not look like T.Y. is going to play, um, he probably could play, but Frank Reich said that he won't play because of the bye that's coming. Well, he didn't say that, but he insinuated that because they have a bye next week, Giving him these three weeks in a row to rest should really heal up his quad and he'll be good for the rest of the season. Jack Doyle, eight targets. Eric Ebron, five targets. Deion Kane, five targets, but no catches. Pascal caught two of his three targets for a touchdown. Paris Campbell, eight targets. Chester Rogers. Pascal had seven targets last week. Well, there you go. Seven targets. Chester Rogers, three for six with 48 yards and a TD. By the way, Chester Rogers owned in 0% of Yahoo Leagues. (laughs) So if you're looking for a wide receiver, it's it's it would be a worse dart throws out there if T. Y. Hilton's not playing. I mean, oh, trying to start. Let me hop in real quick because don't the answer Zach Pascal. I was apparently the only person that realized this last week. He had four catches for 72 yards. If you had him in full PPR, that was a decent game. He's the dude that always replaces T. Y. Hilton, and I can't believe that his ranking on Fantasy Pros right now is 69. Nice. This is a he's a legit wide receiver three flex play this week. If you need someone in your lineup, pick him up and put him in your lineup. I think you can't. Uh, 
always replaces T.Y. Hilton. It's a mess right now with the way they're... Kane played 73% of snaps. Pascal, 68. Rodgers, 71. Campbell, 63. Like, they're all just sharing the work, kind of. Pascal did get the majority of the Hilton work, but I wouldn't really want to trust anybody there at this point. If if T.Y.'s out against Kansas City, someone's going to have to have a good game, and... I, I'm with Jason that Zach Pascal's the uh the lead target to have a good game if TY's out. Um what about Jack Doyle who saw eight targets in the absence of T. Y. Hilton? And it's in quarter touchdown. I I would be okay with streaming Jack Doyle this week against KC, especially if T. Y. Hilton's out. That's a very solid workload for Jack Doyle. I have him right behind I have him at tight end fourteen, so definitely streaming option. Uh Jason, where you at? Uh, I I prefer Ebron. I know interesting. Doyle saw a few more targets, but Ebron also saw targets and also dropped like seventy passes. Yeah, that's what he does. He also caught a touchdown. Uh, I'd rather take a shot on the guy who's probably going to see a couple less targets, but see more red zone looks. Pascal's been playing well this year. I like Rodgers. I like Doyle. What about the backfield? Doesn't look like Marlon Mack is on schedule to play. Missed some time last game. Hasn't practiced yet this week. Um, in his absence, in his stead, some might say. Um, Wilkins, 20% of the team snaps. Hines, 45% of the team snaps. Hines was 6-for-6 six six with 39 yards against the Raiders. This will probably be a negative game script. Will they have to run the ball? I think Naheem Hines is worth a possible. He has some flex appeal this year, this week. Yeah, I have him as my uh, – I have RB37, so not super high, but – if Mac is out, that'll go a little bit higher. I think he definitely has some flex appeal against KC, and Wilkins would slot in as more of a low-end RB2. Yeah, again, not something I'm just not really getting in the industry at the moment on fantasy pros. Marlon Mack is the 11th-ranked running back. He didn't practice this week. I mean, today. Uh, if they're down, Naheem Hines is going to come in and catch some passes. They're probably going to be down against the Chiefs. He just put up 38-9 yards on 11 rushes against Oakland. I know he left the game, but in those 11 rushes, he was pretty awful. I'm just never going to concede the fact that Marlon Mack is good about to say, You just hate this guy so bad. Um, <laughs> let's go to the Monday night game, Cleveland at San Francisco. San Francisco coming off a bye week, always something to be aware of when you have Kyle Shanahan coming off a bye. Um, George Kittle is getting the most target share of any t- tight end in the league. He's seeing 25% of his team's targets. Behind Darren Waller, I believe. Uh, the only problem is that they run constantly. Um, so, George Kittle, where do you see him falling against this Cleveland defense that has been susceptible to the tight end? I haven't missed my tight end three. He's going to have to break out one of these games. Like you said, it's funny because he's only uh, 33% of his snaps on offense. He's running a route right now because that's how effective the running game has been. And with that being said, he's still getting 25% of the targets from Jimmy G. They're not going to be destroying teams every week. Cleveland looked has looked very solid the last couple of weeks after starting slow. I think it's a close game where San Fran's going to have to pass more. Cleveland isn't great against a tight end. I think George Kittle finally has a big game here coming out of a bye as well. Um. Yeah, your mouth to my fantasy team, kid. Yeah, man, I, I I agree with you. What about the outside options? You got Debo Samuel, you got uh, Goodwin, you have Dante Pettis, who I know Michael you think could be out of the doghouse coming out of the bye week. How do you feel about the passing cat, the pass catching options against Garoppolo? 
I wouldn't want to trust. Shot, go ahead, Jay. If I'm taking a shot on any of them, I'm going Pettis. Do you agree? I'd go Debo just because he's been the most effective of the bunch. I'd rather not start any of them this week and wait a week to see how it fares, but I do think they should be rostered at least on your bench. But I'd, I'd try not to start them if I could this week. Um, what about the backfield? Tevin Coleman looks like he's going to be out. So I would assume that that means goodbye, Jeff Wilson. Goodbye, Raheem Mostert. Uh, hello, Matt Breida. And hello, uh, Coleman. How do you guys feel about so, this? And, wait, you said Coleman's going to be out. You yeah, mean, what are you I'm sorry. He's going to be in. Then? He's going to be in. Excuse me. Um, it's, it's the last game. I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> Breida and Coleman looks like the double-headed monster. Are you... Taking the risk and starting Coleman, if you're hold, if you were holding on to Coleman all these weeks, um, asking for a friend. No, uh, right now I have. I, this is gonna have to change. This is one of the very fluid uh, options here right now. I have Brita at twenty nine, Mostert at forty, and Coleman at forty five. You just kind of gotta wait and see how this this week of practice goes about. But right now, Matt Brita is still the guy for me there uh, for this week. Uh, any other questions? Uh, I'm just not sure if we could assume that Tevin Coleman's going to be back this week. Uh, but I I think we can agree that Brita is still the better option there. Brita's someone you want to start as your RB2 or flex. And then Coleman would be more appetizing than uh, Moster or Wilson. Okay. Uh, uh, don't start... Um... Jimmy G this week against Cleveland. I mean, I wouldn't say don't start. I just, I don't think he has a very high ceiling. I have him. You know, it is coming out of a bye though, so I'm I'm con- I'm contradicting myself here. <laughs> Jimmy G, he doesn't have the super high ceiling, but he should have a very solid floor after he had like ten days to prepare for this, um, prepare for this game with the bye. Excuse me, two weeks, not ten days, two weeks to prepare for this game with the bye, and it's Monday night, so you could do worse at QB. His just his ceiling might not be super high. Um, all right, let's go over to the Cleveland side, who finally broke the schnikey last week, and Nick Chubb ran absolutely wild on the Wilder. Ravens defense. Um, what do you expect out of Nick Chubb for an encore? Giddy up, Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, for I sure. mean, it's been the Nick Chubb show, and that's ever since then their offense has been ridiculously effective. Baker Mayfield looks better. He still doesn't look great, but he looks way better than he did the first couple of weeks. You know, so, PFF, had, PFF has Mayfield at a pretty good score of 75, which is um, which is surprising. They have him ranked as the 12th best quarterback. I think it's just because people expected Baker to take this huge step up, and that really hasn't shown through. Also, the 49ers statistically have been one of the best teams against running backs this season. Um, they've played Peyton Barber. Joe Mixon and James Conner with Mason Rudolph as the quarterback. So this hasn't been uh, the the best offense they've played probably is Tampa Bay, and that's not an offense that runs the ball much. So fire up Nick Chubb. All right. Um, let's go to – sorry, I just lost it. Let's go to the pass-catching options. Odell Beckham Jr. so far this year is averaging over 20% market share. Um, to put that into perspective, only 20 wide receivers have had a game, a game, a single game, higher than the market share that OBJ is averaging this season. 
So he's getting the looks. It just hasn't been connecting. It hasn't gone right. Um, is this a situation where you just have to be patient and wait it out and OBJ will eventually have a big game? I think so. Richard Sherman's been really good this year. He has. Um, I still think you're you're putting OBJ out there as a wide receiver one if you have him. It has been pretty disappointing if you drafted OBJ high to start this season, but a new team, a new offense, a new quarterback get acclimated with, I think in time it'll it'll get better for OBJ owners. And this week, I still think he should at least have a decent game. He's definitely not going to have a dud like he did last week. Uh, Jason? You know, Baker Mayfield just looks like he's not comfortable in the pocket at the moment, and that's unfortunately going to affect OBJ until he starts throwing the ball better. But the San Francisco defense isn't the best thing on earth, so I would not be surprised if OBJ uh, takes one of his slants to the house. Yep. That's um, always a possibility. Talking about slants to the house, Jarvis Landry finally broke out. Um, yeah, finally. what the fuck was that? Uh, do you think that's something that we can expect to be a trend, or is that just like a one-time anomaly? Definitely no. not a trend. What about in this game? In this game, I think he's more of a wide receiver three flex play again. I mean, he was just he was so unuseful before last week. I don't know what happened last week. He was the entire offense, 8 for 167 through the air. Like, that came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, he didn't top 67 yards in any of the previous three games. OBJ only had two receptions last week, so I think it's more outlier than things to come. But, I mean, as always, he's a wide receiver three flex option. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I, I mean... I think I'm a little higher on Landry than you guys are, but I agree that it's not, not nothing to be excited about. What about Antonio guys, uh, Callaway? He comes back this uh, week. Definitely not this week. No, definitely yeah, not. This maybe week. pick him up though. Speculative ad. Wait on it. With the way that offense is now running through Chubb, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rush to the wire to get him. Um, that's it. We made you it. Guys, looking at uh, Ricky Hill's bones. No, I am not looking at Ricky Hill's bones. AKA real name Ricky Seals Jones. Oh, Baker Mayfield. We forgot about Baker Mayfield. Is he a streamable asset this week? A lot of people dropped him after last week. He's on a lot of waiver wires. Um, do you do you pick him up this week and start him against the Niners? Who's, who's I still think he's more of a tight end two this week. Last week was tight his, end two. Excuse me, QB two. <laughs> last week was his first time over uh, sixteen fantasy points. He scored seventeen. Yet to throw multiple touchdowns in a game, at least one interception each week. So. I'm still holding off a bit on Baker Mayfield at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, Jason, it's time for the Thrive. If you don't know already, go to the Thrive, go to thrivefantasy.com or go to the Thrive Fantasy app, put in the promo code BRODO and get $10 off. I mean, sorry, $10 added to your bankroll with the first $10 that you deposit. On your first time deposit, please do that. Um, for those of you who already signed up and put in the promo code Brodo, put in the ten dollars, people. What are you waiting for? The ten dollars is waiting for you. The guys hit us up like Yo, you got mad signups, but uh, only a few deposits. Yeah, only uh, you know one quarter of the people who have signed up <laughs> have deposited. So go yeah. deposit, guys. Go deposit, man. I know it's a little bit of a complicated process on there because uh, you know they're trying to make sure no one steals your shit. 
Uh, it's not that complicated. You just got to be a little patient. Go through a couple steps. Um, and you can use your credit card so you can pay it off later. Um, go deposit that $10. Get a free $10 and play in the Thursday night game. Uh, like we said, we had a person that used our broto code that won 400 buckaroozos last week. Um, another who came in second place overall. So keep the broto knowledge coming and keep winning some cash. Uh, Jason, Kashish. who are your plays for the Thrive? Five. All right, guys. Here are five that I think are uh, pretty easy lockdowns. Let's see if you agree. Um, even odds, 100 points for over or under. 87.5 total receiving yards for DeAndre Hopkins at home against the Falcons. Over. 87.5 is a ridiculous number. He needs to break out over. I'd bet the under, man. What was the points at? That's Atlanta. I'm going over. It's even spread. Dude, betting over on 87 and a half. How many play? I want to see the percentage of wide receivers that have games with over 87. It's DeAndre Hopkins at home against Atlanta. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I was going to say, like, you could do that. You're talking about a percentage of wide receivers. We're talking about a percentage of DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just saying, I would not be surprised at all if it happens. I'm just saying, it's betting against 87 and a half yards is a little tough. Betting against DeAndre Hopkins is a little tough, stupid ass. <laughs> huh. Someone's mean to All me right. today. <laughs> Next one. Over and under, uh, five-point spread. So, one and a half, 105 and 95, pretty close. Larry Fitzgerald at home against... Uh, sorry, on the road against Cincinnati. Five and a half total reception. Over. over. Christian Kirk out. Easy over. over. Easy. Yeah. Easy over. Here's one where I'd, I'd like to take my chances here. Over is 125 points, under 75. Thanks for blowing your load and letting us know what you're doing before. Oh, you're right. My bad. (laughs) So half a touchdown. Basically, score a touchdown. Josh Gordon against the Redskins. I'll take. I'll take. I'll take a chance on that. Yeah, especially with those points you're getting. Yeah, I'll take a chance on that. Yeah, right. You you take. Would you pass up on that one? Because there's bets you could pass up, or would you take the chance on? I feel like we take the chance on. No, I'll take a chance. When I make a lineup this week, that'll be my lineup for sure. Same here. 125 points. Can't. Remember, guys, this is a points-based system, so the people who end up with the most points at the end, based on what they bet, wins. And that, that lets you, that, you know, really th- pushes you towards the underdog and finding those underdogs that you think can, can happen. Just like anyone scoring a touchdown is basically an underdog at this point. But um, This one also seems uh, not too bad. Over 110, under 90. One and a half passing touchdown for Carson Wentz at home against the Jets. I'll probably go over here. What's the spread again? Over 110. 110 for the over. Over is the better one here. Yeah, I'll go with the over. I'm taking that over too. Last one. This one seems uh, even split. 106 and a half total yards for Dalvin Cook at home on the road against the Giants. Over against the Giants. Yeah, right. You were just talking about how yeah, taking we're talking eighty-seven yards with DeAndre Hopkins talking is crazy, about and then you say taking over on one hundred and six, a running back on a team that runs nonstop, who's getting over a hundred yards a game, as opposed to DeAndre Hopkins on a team who throws to DeAndre Hopkins nonstop, who has under eighty-seven yards in three or four games. You wildin', bro. You want to talk about over under? Keenan Allen's at one hundred one and a half receiving yards. <laughs> I'll take the under on that. Yeah, what? I'm That's taking nuts. the under on that too. That's absurd. Yeah. That's crazy. 
That's, uh, yeah, I'll take the under All on right, that I one. Threw it, I threw it an extra. Into Put the, the extra six on the Thrive Five. All right, so that will do it for us for this week. If you want to contact us, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, BrotoFantasy.com. Mike, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. On Twitter. And Jason? Jason Patrop. On Twitter. And you can find me, at Tim Patrop, on all social media outlets, but oh, only frisky. if you're feeling real, real frisky. Also, don't forget to uh, sign up for Thrive. Again, promo code BROTO, B-R-O-T-O. Shout out to our sponsors, Red Cup, uh, at Red Cup News on Instagram. And shout out, Jess, I'm not wearing a shirt, as always. Peace. What? <laughs> Later. Jess asked me, like, do you ever wear a shirt? No, I don't. Later. I don't. <laughs>